retirement plan. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. We have plans to talk about the sleepers on defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for upcoming training camp. But a little bit of breaking news got in the way. As you see on the graphic here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement about an hour and a half before the show today. He spent two seasons with the Bucs, obviously had a Hall of Fame career before that with the Patriots, included that with the, the Bucs in two years, winning them a Super Bowl. But that's a big shakeup for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into training camp. Gronk retires. We will discuss all of that on today's show. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is SR Scott Reynolds of PeterReport.com. Scott, how you doing today? You a little surprised? What's, what's the feeling right now? Well, the feeling is this is the show we didn't want to do. We did not want to have to do the show. We wanted to do a Gronk re-signs with Buck show at some point in time. That's that's kind of the premise we've been operating under. And not, not just Peter Report, but also a lot of people in the, in the media, certainly the local media, anticipating Gronkowski's return, especially since Tom Brady came out of retirement. But, um, you know, I, I, listen, I was one of those. Uh, Matt, I think hand you up, were too. Right? Hand up. We <laughs> that, both said Gronk was coming back. It was yeah. almost expected. That was the mm-hmm. prediction. If you go back to our podcast from a couple of days ago, we talked about where the Bucks' offensive skill players match up against right. players from the rest of the league at their position. And I included Gronk in there because I thought yeah. Gronk was coming back. But nonetheless, it was not the case. Yeah. And I think what's surprising about this is the fact that the Buccaneers, their their roster is a little bare, certainly in, in the experience standpoint, with just Cameron Brait uh, being the lone uh, uh, veteran on the team. When you look at at uh, at Bray, 31, he'll be 31 in July, so um, about uh, two weeks from now. And his skill set's diminished. He's a fantastic team player. Still mm-hmm. a red zone weapon for the Buccaneers, but just not even near the class mm-hmm. of Gronkowski in terms of, of being a weapon in the passing game. The Buccaneers, they, they addressed the tight end position twice in the draft, uh, drafting uh, Kate Otten. In the fourth round, he's coming off of, of ankle surgery, and so we really haven't seen much of, of Otten. Uh, didn't participate in the OTAs, the rookie minicamp, the mandatory minicamp. Then in the sixth round, they they traded um, uh, to get Kokeeft from Minnesota, more of a blocking tight end. And uh, and Gronkowski is one part blocker, one part receiver. And and that's you know that, that's something that the Buccaneers are going to miss, having that complete tight end. They hope Otten can be that player. I don't think he's going to come close to that as rookie season. And and Bray, certainly not uh, the caliber of blocker that Gronkowski is. So I I think they're going to be signing a, a veteran tight end that, that certainly would behoove the team to do so. Because right now you've got um, Otten, you've got Bray, you've got Keeft. We talked about Cody McElroy, whose uh-huh. chances of making the team he's- certainly, certainly <laughs> I- were aided. By the news, a couple, a couple of thoughts went through my mind when Gronk first retired. A couple minutes later, one of my thoughts was Cody McElroy's got to be fist pumping somewhere because <laughs> right. his chances, excuse me, of making the team just went up uh, a lot more. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of how this affects the Bucks moving forward, yeah. and there's no replacing Rob Gronkowski. And I think you're going right. to see a little bit of that with, as you mentioned, Co Keith going to be more of. The blocking side that the Bucs really benefited from Gronk were Kate Otten and Cam Brate, for sure. More of the receiving 
side of Gronk. We already got a super chat in here from William Butler. Will, thank you so much for the 499 super chat. He says, I'm stressing, please name some possible tight ends we can sign. Thanks for bringing that up. We do, we, sorry, we are going to get into that later in the show. We'll get to that yeah. in a little bit. I do just want to stay for a moment on just the career of Gronk or the Bucks' career of Rob Gronkowski because mm-hmm. we always talk about how Tom Brady, you know, really changed the franchise when he came here two seasons ago. But Gronk was a big part of that too. I'll just rattle off some of his stats here. He played mm-hmm. two seasons with the Bucks, had 100 receptions, for 1,425 yards, 13 touchdowns. His 2020 yeah. year played in all 16 games, which is very impressive in its own considering his injury history, and he was a year away from the game. Uh, that season, he had 45 receptions for 623 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. 2021, played in 12 games, had 55 receptions for 802 yards. So played in less games but had more receiving yards yeah. and had six touchdowns, so just one shy of what he did in 2020. And, of course, his pivotal moment in the playoffs, while the numbers weren't necessarily there for both seasons, he saved the best for last in the Super Bowl uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs where the Bucs were victorious. He had six receptions for 67 yards and coined the phrase, two tutties. Yeah. I just think the importance of Gronk, I I remember going back to his first year when he came out of retirement. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, those first couple of games, Scott, it, it took him a bit going. Yeah. He, again, he, every time Gronk speak coin, new phrase, he had the, I'm a blocking tight end, baby, because that's all he was doing in the beginning. That's right. But that was still valuable to the Bucs. And then he really picked it up as a receiver. You saw in the second half of the 2020 season, it started to look like the Gronk of old. Maybe a step slower, of course, because he's, right. you know, getting up there in age. He's 33 years old now that, uh, he retired, but you start to see the Gronk that we kind of were hoping for, or you know what Bucks fans were dreaming of when Gronk first agreed, well, agreed to the trade, but agreed to keep playing football and come to the Bucks. And then mm-hmm. the following year, I think we really saw that Gronk up until his rib injury, and even after. I mean, eight hundred two yards for a guy that was a season, two seasons ago, wasn't even playing football, wasn't even thinking yeah. about it. So I just want to you know give a shout out to Gronk for for a great great year and especially with the two seasons with the bucks no doubt about it and and i think that the thing that fans need to consider too is gronk's 33 his body's taken a ton of punishment he has had uh, a ton of of surgeries you know his elbow his his arm um he came to the buccaneers still kind of nursing that that quad injury that he suffered in the super bowl uh, when he beat the rams and he and the patriots beat the rams then he sat out and retired that 2019 season and you know listen he broke some ribs last year and he punctured his lung and he came back and played uh, through that uh, and, and listen that was not fully healed like that healed enough for him to play but every time you know he would block or hit the ground or whatever he felt it i right? mean and that's not an injury that's going to completely heal you're going to be pain free until the off season and his body is, has just taken some punishment and, and you've seen a slew of, of Gronk commercials, right? I mean, his, his Gronk persona is, is popular. His brand is hot. It still is. Yeah. And he's an engaging personality. He did Gronk beach over uh, the off season draft weekend out there in Las Vegas. He's a highly marketable guy. He doesn't need football when it comes to, to money. He's saved every single penny he's made. Uh, and he's made over $9 million the last couple of seasons with the Buccaneers. 
Scott, so I still lived off of his endorsement money. Yeah. So he's got a ton of money saved up. Scott, I still have it stuck in my head. I think it's the USAA, the insurance, and he's got yeah. that commercial. He's like, busted. This is Super Bowl champion Rob Gronkowski. I'm right. not a member. And like, yeah. you know, I just, I have that stuck in my yeah. head from all the commercials that he's done. And that's a whole big part of this is that Gronk never needed to play. He didn't need to come out of retirement in the first place, but he did. Right. But even going into last season, whether or not he's going to decide to play and going into this offseason, yeah. Gronk doesn't need the money. You know, yeah. even now that he's retired, we're going to see him on a TV somewhere soon. He's going to be hosting some show. You know, he did a little commentary for Fox um, in his brief retirement. I, I'm willing to bet Fox is already on the phone being like, mm -hmm. hey, Rob, why don't you come back? Oh, yeah. You know, Tom's going to be here in a, in a season or two. We can link mm -hmm. you guys up back yeah. together again. So I, while it might be the last of Gronk in the NFL, um, yeah. he's not going to be far from our TVs. It might not even be the last of Gronk in the NFL, and I hate to do yeah. this. I hate to oh, yeah. already talk we, about. We, we we have to talk about it, Matt, because Tom Tom asks any chance he retires before training camp and pulls a Tom Brady. I, I think if he was going to pull a Tom Brady, he would literally wait 40, 41 days and and kind of report the first week into training camp. Right um, yep. when the, when the pads come on, I I think if Rob Gronkowski is going to unretire. Um, and listen, he is a practical joker. I don't know if you saw on social media probably about a month ago, he pranked Tom Brady, right? Where he called Brady on FaceTime, you know, and and he said, hey, just returning your call. And Tom's like, uh, I didn't call you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you did. I'm returning your call or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and and he pranked him. And Brady was like laughing. And Gronk, of course, was like, ha, 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 you know, laughing. And so it makes you wonder. Is is Gronk pulling a practical joke here? Is is he trying to do what Brady did? And is he gonna come out and unretire? I'm back, baby. Like if it was any other player, I would say no. But with Gronk, you have to put an asterisk by this, right? And I think remember, if we get into yeah. training camp and Gronk is not there, and what I mean by that is, you know, we're two weeks into camp, I'm gonna believe it then. But Maybe he holds out and and pulls an unretirement like Tom Brady. And remember, pulled the little. It wasn't necessarily a prank; more of a joke with Leonard Fournette. When Leonard Fournette tweeted something along the lines of like, "Who's going to be wearing my jersey in the stadium this year?" and and Gronk uh, <laughs> said something to the effect of, "Yeah, I'll be wearing a Lenny jersey, like sit in front row, or whatever." That's right. before he announced his retirement. But yeah. Adam Schefter tweeted this about an hour ago. He said, in reaction to Rob Gronkowski's news, his agent Drew Rosenhaus text. It would not surprise me if Tom Brady calls him during the season to come back and Rob answers the call. This is just my opinion, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back during the season or next season. So that's the yeah. point I was trying to make of, I don't know if we can 100. I know it's so early because he just retired, but yeah. I think, you know, halfway through the season, if something happens to one of the other tight ends and they're like, oh, we really need you, Gronk, and you can almost guarantee that the Bucs are going to have a playoff spot. Why yeah. not sign up for like eight games or wh whatever it might be? I think I know if anyone can do it, it would be Tom Brady recruiting Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. I think Agreed. probably doesn't happen, but we all thought Gronk was going to come play the season and he didn't. So you never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Andrew Epps uh, states, Sue eliminating Bucks from contention, but still playing. Gronk retires. Is there a storyline we are missing? Feels like turbulence behind closed doors. wanted to address this just because Gronk retiring – uh, is is he's following Ali Marpet's lead, if anything else. Uh, yeah. 
And Dominican Sue, the Buccaneers were the ones that eliminated Sue from contention for returning. Uh, they drafted Logan Hall. They didn't sign Sue. They signed Akeem Hicks. Uh, they're the ones that didn't want Sue. Sue wanted to return to Tampa Bay, or at least I should say he was open to returning to Tampa Bay. He even kind of lobbied Todd Bowles a little bit once Bowles uh, was made the head coach of the Buccaneers back in late March. But this is an instance where there's no drama. This is just simply Gronk's decision. Again, he, su he sustained a serious rib injury. And before that, I mean, he retired because he got sick and tired of being hurt. And he takes a lot of punishment. He's 6'6", 265 pounds. Guys often go low at him to chop him down because he's just such a big dude. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's 33. I mean, he's not 26, 27. He's not even 29 like Ali Marpet. He's played a long time. He is a future Hall of Famer. Like you said, Matt, he doesn't need any more money, certainly from the game of football. He's making enough, of an, enough money in endorsements. So I just think this is the timing. And I'm gonna, again, I'm going to put an asterisk by it. Uh, until the season rolls along. And like you said, Matt, maybe he even comes back later this year. You never know. And if Gronk did, I think everyone would be so pumped about it. They would be energized. And I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Celsius is yes. the proud sponsor of the Peter Port podcast. And of course, Celsius has their fast brands protein bar. Oh Guys, these protein bars, I had one right before the show. I did too. To get me ready to get me full. What did you have, Matt? I have the white. I have the white chocolate cookies and oh, cream. So they have okay. that flavor along with the uh, salted caramel peanut crunch. Got twenty protein, and the taste is delicious. There you go. Yeah, I got the uh, the white chocolate right there. Cookies and cream, yep. white chocolate. But not only is it great tasting, but it's got so many different uses for when you want to have it. If you want to have it right before you do your podcast, maybe uh, you overslept and you didn't have a chance to have breakfast before you go to work. Could be a nice little, you know, pick me up before lunch. Yeah. Get you started with your day there. If you're going to the gym, need a little pre-workout snack before you go and pump iron. Gronk mm -hmm. loves to pump iron. You could have it there too. There's multiple different ways to to, to have this this bar. You can mix it up uh, for dessert if you want to have it as a replacement for ice cream. But if you want to have that ice cream, throw it in the microwave, heat it up for a little mm. bit, then mix it up with your ice cream. Uh, versatility is key with Celsius, whether it's their energy drinks and all the different flavors or yep. their fast brand protein bar. So uh, make sure you check it out on Amazon or your local uh, local store near you. Celsius yep. fast two, brand protein bars. Two amazing flavors. And I had I had the salted caramel peanut crunch. Delicious. Uh, that That's the thing, folks. You're getting the protein, 20 grams of protein in the salted caramel and, pro, and peanut crunch, only two grams of sugar. It tastes like a candy bar. It really does. Yeah. The best tasting protein bar on the market. So, so we've got uh, uh, that big news today, the retirement of Rob Gronkowski. Let's take a, a real quick look, Matt, and I want to get your thoughts on, on who the Buccaneers have on their roster. Then we're going to spend some time uh, looking at some of the free agent options available. I just put a story up on pewterreport.com. Matt, Matt, you want to dump that in the, the PR yeah. chat there? We'll talk about those players in just a minute. And, of course, tomorrow we'll be talking about the Bucks camp sleepers on defense, the topic for today. But the big news, Rob Gronkowski retiring, uh, has decided – we've decided to push that uh, back, obviously, uh, for tomorrow. But um, Cam Brate, 
Matt, he is 30, he'll be 31. Uh, his skill set has diminished, but the thing about Brady that makes him valuable, aside from being that red zone target that Tom Brady loves and trusts, is this guy is he's a tutor, he's a mentor, he loves helping young players. And I think that's key having not just a veteran who can, you know, do things like block and catch, but a guy that's really invested, that knows this offense. They can help groom these young players because that's something that Gronk did too for younger tight ends. Even Cam Brate learned things from, from Gronk, and, and why wouldn't he? Gronk's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But uh, what are your thoughts on Cam Brate being tight end one? Does that concern you? Is that enough? I mean, this is a wide receiver-driven offense, Matt, so it's not like Brate has to replace Gronk's numbers or even his targets. You might see Mike Evans get more targets now you might see Chris Godwin and Russell Gage and even wide receiver four whoever that's going to be Brashard Perriman Cyril Grayson Scotty Miller Tyler Johnson Jalen Darden whoever that fourth wide receiver is they might get more targets and this might be a more wide receiver driven passing attack than ever before yeah I think that's what you're going to see I mean there's no replacing Rob Gronkowski. So having Camp Rate in there is a step below. And that's no offense to Camp Rate. I mean, yeah. only three or four tight ends in this league right now can be held up in the same regard that Rob Gronkowski mm -hmm. is. Camp Rate, you know what you're going to get with him. He's he's very steady, Eddie. He had mm -hmm. 30 receptions last year for 245 yards and four touchdowns. We all know he his his butter, his bread is buttered in the red zone. That's where he, you know is most helpful to this team. Yeah. Bit of a below average blocker, but as far as going into the beginning of the season or going through the whole season as the starter, I'm okay with it. I think it would help a lot if they do get a veteran presence at signing a tight end uh, right before training camp. And we'll talk about that a mm -hmm. bit later. I do want to point out, just here's some stats. You know, obviously Cam Brate was, and a little bit OJ Howard, but really, Cam Brate was the de facto starting tight end when Gronk missed a couple games. The stats don't really uh, jump out to you a ton. So in the mm -hmm. game that Gronk got hurt against the Rams, um, Cam Brate ended up with four receptions for 35 yards. Next week at New England, he had two for 29. Then at Miami, one catch for 12 yards. Mm -hmm. uh, then at Philly, three for 26 Right. Didn't and make and really, the, the Philly game, the Philly game is where OJ Howard was kind of featured in that down. game, you know. Yeah, and then uh, two catches for 15 yards against uh, New Orleans and that loss on the road. And then on the loss to Washington, one catch for six yards and a touchdown. So there were mm -hmm. four wins in there, three losses if you include the, the L.A. game when Gronk got hurt in the middle yeah. of it. With that said, the teams that they beat, New England, quality win. You know, they made the playoffs. But Miami yeah. and Chicago, not necessarily the best. Philly was a playoff team, so right. can the Bucs get by without Gronk and with Cam Braid as your starter? Yeah, without question. Like you said, that's going to be more targets for Mike Evans. Maybe yep. they get even more creative with Russell Gage than they had already planned to mm -hmm. because they're going to rely on the receivers more. Right. Um, Tom Brady, obviously, you have to build up a lot of trust with Tom, so it's not yeah. going to happen overnight with right. Kate and, and you know what? What, what happened in New England when – when Brady didn't have that that arsenal of wide receivers, uh, the running backs got more more catches, right? I mean, so the Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, they're going to be more involved. And so I think you're going to see those receptions, those targets that Rob Gronkowski has been receiving really kind of split up between the receivers and um, 
And of course, you know, we'll talk about KDOT in a second here. We just now got a statement from Bucks general manager, Jason Light, that I'll read regarding Rob Gronkowski's retirement announcement. Uh, and I quote uh, Jason, he says, Rob is a true professional who left it all on the field for us the past two seasons and helped establish a championship culture in our building. He played a crucial role in our Super Bowl 55 championship season in 2020 and battled through a number of injuries last year while on the way to one of his most productive receiving yardage seasons in his 11-year career. It's always difficult to see a great player walk away from the game when he's still enjoying that kind of success. But the overwhelming emotions I feel today are gratitude and respect for one of the greatest tight ends who ever played the game. While his on-field accomplishments will surely earn him a gold jacket and a place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it is his humble attitude and team-first approach to the game that truly defined his career. And uh, and Matt, you you aptly said earlier in the show that when Rob, Rob Gronkowski was was first in Tampa and was kind of acclimating himself to this offense, he he joked that he was the blocking tight end in Tampa. You know that he didn't have those touchdowns with Tom Brady till later that season when their their chemistry finally reignited. It's funny when when Brady got here and and the Bucks traded for Gronkowski, you kind of expected because of their chemistry from their New England days that they would pick up right where they left off and that Gronk would be targeted out of the gate. And I don't think he caught his first touchdown until maybe like week five or six or something. Um, so, you know, it, interesting comments there from Jason Light. I, I again, I just wonder if this is for real or if this is a practical joke that's going to be coming. I'm going to say 75% retirement, 25% on retirement. I'm not sold you, at this point. We'll see. You think he's going to end up on Jimmy Kimmel? Like this is a Jimmy Kimmel prank where, uh, you know, he had that going. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, who knows? Um, Richard uh, asks you, Matt, uh, where would you fit Gronk's retirement into the top 10 offseason events that you did last week? You had that show on Thursday. Yep. Where would this rank in terms of the top 10 and, and which one would you take out to replace this? Or would you just say, screw it, we're going to go with 11? No, this is a good question. I, without a doubt, it would make the top 10 list. And I would probably take number 10 was Leonard Fournette re-signing with the box, which isn't the craziest thing, but I think it was surprising in terms of one thing when he was get the type of deal that he did with the year and one million and kind of just thought that the Bucs were going to move on from Leonard because he wanted a contract that was too lucrative for what the Bucs were looking for. So that was more of the surprise than anything. So if you take yeah. Lenny off the list and everyone else bumps up, I think I'd put Gronk in around around six, uh, I mm -hmm. think. Um, that That's right around the, the Brady Arians <laughs> rumors yeah. and uh, Byron Leftwich going to um, Jacksonville to be the head coach and then just right. ended up not being the head coach. Because I think Gronk, you know, we questioned all offseason while we a lot of us predicted um, that Gronk would be back. I think we understand why Gronk retired because he's mm -hmm. 33 years old, because he accomplished so much with the Bucs. Like, I, I'm curious if the Bucs didn't win that Super Bowl in his first season there. Do you think Gronk comes back because he wanted to win a Super Bowl? In right. Tampa? But they got that done like right away where there's almost less of an incentive to come back. So I think I'd put that in at six. I would have to revisit the list okay. again. But um, it was definitely surprising. But his reasoning behind it and all the injuries that he's accumulated throughout the years. Yeah. It's surprising, but it it's not <clears throat> shocking if, if that makes total sense, but good question. Yeah. 
Yes, uh, it's you know there's a there's a lot of love for Gronk. I mean, uh, whether it's just his ability or his fun loving personality, his greatness, right? I mean, he those first two touchdowns in the Super Bowl really sparked the Buccaneers to a massive thirty one yeah. nine win at Raymond James Stadium. So we'll have to see what uh, what transpires and and if if this is you know if this is indeed a retirement or if this is a um, a practical joke that that Gronk is playing. I'm I'm leaving the door open, I'm <laughs> cautiously optimistic. But again, I've got to report this as face value. Gronk's made the statement. The Buccaneers just came out in a statement, etc. Uh, Steve Munoz, super chat. We appreciate that 499. Thank you, super Steve. Chat. Thank you. Shout out to the greatest GM in Bucks history, Mr. Light. Trading a fourth rounder for Gronk was one of the best trades in Bucks history. And trading up for Werfs. Uh, also, remember, Jason Light traded a third-round pick for Jason Pierre-Paul, who helped the Bucks win a Super Bowl, went to a Pro Bowl during the Super Bowl season. So um, he's definitely made some great trades, great free agent acquisitions. Matt, you were talking about Shaquille Barrett as one of the best um, free agent uh, signings. Best free agent signings, or Tom Tom Brady's obviously well, there outside, as well. Outside of Tom, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying those two. That that's a hell of a one-two punch right there. Brady and, and Shaq Barrett here recently. So Jason Light's done a hell of a job. This is a Super Bowl contending roster once again this year, and um, and they'll have to you know I think come away with another um, replacement. Um, but Jason's shown that he could prove that. I mean, look when they lost to Alex Kappa and Ali Marpet. They traded for they traded for Shaq Mason. That's so true. Jason yep. Light's shown that he's been able to adjust on the fly rather quickly and yeah. find that replacement or build the roster to yeah. to the, the the part that they want to get them to. I, I was laughing because in the Peter Report uh, group chat, um, which is an absolute scream, by the way, like some some of the content is R rated, some of it is just not fit for print, um, but some of it's funny too. And we also put a lot of news in there. From one another, it's kind of how we communicate. Um, we don't have an office; we have remote offices, home offices. And uh, uh, Luke, the lifter, otherwise known as Luke Gedeke, the Bucks' second-round pick, who's got a sense of humor. About, by the way, he he tweeted at Rob Gronkowski, "I will take unlimited Gronk spikes to the head during training camp for you to return." So uh, Gedeke never played with Gronkowski, but certainly was looking forward to it. He is willing to take. Unlimited Gronk spikes to the head during training camp for him to return. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a lot a team of love guy. There. That's and a team guy. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, so having said that, uh, there, there's listen. There's a, a, a potential you know trade that can happen for a tight end. I wouldn't rule that out by Jason Light, as you mentioned, Shaq Mason, the latest addition via trade. Um, by Jason Light to the Buccaneers. But today we're going to focus on the free agents that are available. And there's not a whole bunch of of quality free agents. I mean, if you're still on the free agent list in almost July, there's a reason. And so we're going to get into that. But let's let's first round out by talking about uh, the the remaining players. We talked about Cody McElroy and, and Cam Brate. Those are the two veterans. Uh, I put mm-hmm. McElroy in there because he's 29. He knows the system. He's been in Tampa for three years, mostly on the practice squad, only caught one pass, a 30-yarder back in 2019 against the Texans. We talked about that yesterday. So this team goes out there and, and drafts Kate Otten. And you know he is a player that they like. They feel he can be an all-around tight end. He does have some blocking prowess. He's going to have to hit the weight room. 
for sure and get bigger and stronger. But the thing that I noticed on tape from Kate Otten, Matt, is he's what I call a positional blocker, right? And mm. I remember, you know, back helping out, I even feel terrible saying this, helping out the offense when I coached Pop Warner football because I'm a defensive guy. But I, I would tell the kids, listen, you know, you can you can be a blocker. And, you know, when people think block, they think about putting guys on their ass and pancaking. To block somebody means just to get in their way. And I think that's what K. Dotton did effectively at Washington was he put himself in the right position to get in the way. And it kind of, uh, you know, he didn't blow holes open in the running game, but he opened creases, right? He opened up, he did enough to, as a positional blocker, to position himself to, uh, you know, keep the defenders at bay and and do his assignments, whether it be in pass blocking or, or in run blocking. And he was a, a pretty decent receiver. He's not going to, you know, replace Gronkowski in that respect. Uh, you see he wears number 87. I think that's probably in tribute to Gronkowski. A lot of college tight ends wear 87. But uh, your thoughts on, on, on Kate Otten? We didn't get a chance to see him because he's sidelined coming off of that ankle injury uh, that he suffered last year, had surgery on. But, you know, the, all of a sudden right now, right now, he's probably tight end number two as a rookie, is he not? Yeah, I think he's got a great opportunity. We have to see him on the field, of course, during training camp, and hopefully he can get healthy uh, soon enough. The Bucs knew about this injury, though. This isn't um, a surprise to anyone in the yeah. organization. He has a really great opportunity to be a presence in this offense and have an impact on the team. You know, even if Cam Brace the number one guy, they're still going to do two tight end sets or goal line situations where KDOT can get there. Um, he's got decent size, and he's got a you know good arm length with that wingspan where mm -hmm. he's not, you know, as you said, he can get in the way and, and kind of be there to block. Um, he's not afraid to engage in blocking though, which I think right. is, is really important. And one thing that the bucks are, are definitely getting, I love the fact too, that he uh, doesn't wear gloves. He's just old school. I, I really right. like that. Yep. He's shown, he's shown that he can catch the ball. Didn't really have many uh, dropping issues, but the one mm -hmm. thing that the bucks are definitely getting with Kate Odden is that he's a smart player. I mean, his yes. dad was a coach. His grandfather was a coach. He's had football mm -hmm. instilled in him from a very young age. So I think he's going to be able to figure out the playbook probably yeah. quickly than some of the other rookies on this team. I think he's going to be extremely coachable and do whatever the Bucks need him to do. And I think his role will change maybe not in the first year, but throughout his career with the Bucs. And they might ask him to, you know, get face to face with an edge rusher a lot yeah. more this season. And then in a year from now, could be the number one guy who's going out and, and making those receptions that Gronk was asked to do next year. So I'm curious to see what kind of role that he'll have. But he's shown that he's solid at a couple of different things. I right. wouldn't necessarily put him uh one over the other, maybe a little bit better of a receiver than a blocker, but nonetheless. Yeah. Um, I think the Bucs liked him because he does a little bit of everything at the tight end position that Tampa Bay is really looking for. Where mm -hmm. Keith, on the other hand, while he's made some nice catches uh, in, in minicamp and OTAs, he's here to drive defenders into the ground. He's here to make – wow, what a photo. What yeah. a photo. Yeah, he's got oh, he's got to keep goodness. her on that hair back, man. He has that stopped to. me. That stopped me in my tracks when you transitioned yeah. to that photo. You, I mean, you got intimidated by it, Matt. And when I, I was loading this picture <laughs> in the stream yard, I was intimidated by it too. I was like, "Holy <laughs> crap, that's Coquif!" Yeah, 
He's going to be one of those guys. He's going to tell you that he's coming to block you on this play, and there's nothing you can do about it, damn That's it. That's right, yeah. You, you better get it. off the tracks when the train yeah. is coming through. That is co-keeped, right. a.k.a. Chief Keep. I think yeah. he's going to have um, maybe not as significant of a role that Kate Otten will have, but when he's in the game, <laughs> it's clearly not going to be all-stop levels, but when he's in the game, I think you're going to hear a little bit of the buzz from the crowd because yeah. you know that he's going to be in there and he's he's – in the offense to crack some skulls when he's yeah. uh, leading the way, whether it's a running play or a passing play. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if if the the chant for Coquit is going to be Co, right? Like if you're going to hear the crowd go Co, right? Or yeah. if it's going to be Keeft, you know, it's. I think it's going to be Keeft. It's just yeah, a little I, easier to right to get. Going. And I, I think that he is. I think that he is a uh, going to be a fan favorite if he makes this team, and and really has some of those impact blocks. And, and can develop right as a receiver um you know he's he's got the ability to to kind of come on the scene a little bit you know and and um and be more than than like what what Alan uh, cross was you know as that third tight end or certainly Anthony Outlayer, some of those guys so um yeah. <laughs> Gary Buff with the <laughs> very hard reference looking like William Wallace you know I, yeah and <laughs> And you know what, Scott? If he does develop as a passer, I mean, starting or as a as a pass catcher, starting off, the odds for him scoring a touchdown will absolutely be through the roof. So he's no a doubt. prime candidate for a guy that you might just want to sprinkle a little bit money on to uh, to score a touchdown, get a big yeah. payday out of that. And the best place to go and do that would be at mybookie.ag. Sports are starting to dwindle down a little bit. We still got the Stanley Cup Finals going on. A huge win for the Bolts last night. Final score six to two. They're right back in this Stanley Cup final. Amen, and brother. Course, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Um, you got the UFC going on most weekends. Uh, golf just had the U.S. Open. That was a great finish. And of course, you have baseball going on. In 162 games of a baseball season, it can feel like a grind to watch. I totally understand. But you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. There's run lines, money lines, first inning, no runs, my favorite bet in all of sports, and props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. You deposit up to $1,000 and play with $500 instantly. Just use the promo code Pewter to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code Pewter to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to 1000 So bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And again, that promo code is Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, as you see at the top of the screen right there. Yeah, I, I wonder, Matt, if they're going to have prop bets on – if Gronk's going to return, <laughs> wouldn't shock me. What team? You know, um, <laughs> would would you be surprised if if later in the season he returns and it's not necessarily to Tampa Bay? The only team I could really actually, there's two teams I could see: the Bengals. Or, right. No, I was going to say the Bills. If something happens, oh yeah, yeah, That's if right. something happens there because yeah. he's a Buffalo guy, I think yep. that would make sense. Mm-hmm. And also, um. So, uh, you're, so you're talking about like if, if they lost uh, um, Dawson, Dawson Knox, Knox. Right? Yeah. yeah, or and Bucks fans would hate this. I could see him going to one of the LA teams. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about how he, you know, he does so many things outside of football with commercials and yeah. a little bit of acting and things like that. 
if the Rams, the Rams felt, right. if the Rams felt yeah. they were one piece away and yeah. they said, Hey Gronk, we already know you're out in LA. You still get the warm weather that you got in Florida and yeah. a little bit of the, the Hollywood action. I could see that. And the chargers, Justin Herbert's a very exciting quarterback to work with. Uh, I know they got some tight ends over there, but again, the, the location of being out there in, in Cali, I could see it. I still think the Bucks would be the the leader in the clubhouse yeah. to, if he's going to return, but you never know. You never know. That's right. Uh, so let's let's talk about some of these uh, veteran free agents that are available. Some big names, but these are some some aging names as well. Yeah. And we'll start with one of the older guys, Jimmy Graham, Chicago Bears. Uh, Graham, former New Orleans Saint, then spent some time with the Seattle Seahawks couple years with the Green Bay Packers, and he's 35 years old. He, he's just a shell of his former self, you know, if I'm being honest. He, um, you know, looking at, at what he did last year uh, as the number two option for Chicago, and keep, keep in mind they've got Cole Komet, so he his playing time was going to be diminished. But, yeah. you know, uh, when you look at, at Jimmy Graham, Five-time Pro Bowler. The last time he made the Pro Bowl, though, was way back in 2017. So 14 catches, 167 yards, three touchdowns last year. That's a career low for Graham. That happened with the Bears. And and he has not produced 500 yards receiving or more since the 2018 season. So this is a player that's just getting up there. He's made over $11 million combined over the past two seasons. So you're looking at a player that, at least in Chicago, commanded an average of about $5.5 million per year. Um, I think the best option, if the Buccaneers are looking for a receiving threat, right? Because Cambridge's not getting any faster. Coquifed might be the guy that comes in and, and does some of that, that prerequisite blocking. But Jared Cook... Uh, Jared yeah. Cook is is a player that still is is cooking, pun intended, <laughs> uh, at age 35. And, and what I mean by that is last year for the Chargers, he caught 48 passes for 564 yards, a healthy 11.8-yard average, and four touchdowns. This is a two-time Pro Bowler, made a Pro Bowl in, um, in 2019. That was his last uh, time uh, making the Pro Bowl. That was with New Orleans the year before that in 2018. He made the Pro Bowl with the Raiders, catching 68 passes for 896 yards and six touchdowns. Then he goes and has a, a Pro Bowl season with Drew Brees, where he caught 43 passes for 705 yards and nine touchdowns. So uh, Jared Cook is a player. If they're looking for a guy to step in and be just literally another weapon for Tom Brady in the passing game, that certainly is a name to to remember. Um, he can and Scott. He was a uh, he was a key contributor to the Bucks Super Bowl. He had that, that he fumble. was he had that he, fumble that Antoine Winfield Jr. knocked out. There you go, there right you go. on cue. Right, Nicely yeah. done, Scott. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Antoine Winfield Jr. knocked the the ball out, and you know changed the fortunes yeah. for the Bucks. You know they were they were reeling a little bit at that point, and then the turnovers got them back into the game, starting with Antoine Winfield Jr. forcing that fumble. I don't necessarily think that the Bucs should not sign him because of that one play. Well, he, he's already um, helped them the win field. once. So Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if he got a ring or not for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know might, if the Bucs had a couple left over. It might be a thing where if they want to re, if they want to sign Jared Cook, they say, we're going to include a Super Bowl ring for you if you take like a million dollars <laughs> less. 
so that yeah. might be in some of the negotiations there. So th th those are two options right there. Let's just stop it and talk about about the you know Graham, six foot six, two hundred and fifty five, two hundred sixty pound guy, and and Cook, six foot five, two hundred and forty five. Um, not much in terms of blocking at this stage from either one of those guys, but yeah. if you're looking for a receiver, especially Cook, what are your thoughts on on that? Do you think the Buccaneers go with with another type of receiver, um, knowing that that Otten's a little you know um, side end seen, Braid is diminished, uh, or do you think they just say we're going to go with more of a blocking all around tight end? Yeah, I, I would, because we're going to spread the ball around to our right wide receivers. Yeah, I would lean a little bit towards getting more of an all around tight end because you have Brait, who's more of the receiving. Otten still remains to be seen. He's a little bit more of that all around, as we are talking about. Keith, we know, is going to be blocking. And McElroy, yeah. as we talked about on yesterday's show, for all of the size and everything that he has, he's, he's not together. that physical yeah. and not right. much of a blocker. So I would like to have that little insurance policy of. All right, we have another guy that we know, even on passing plays, just give a chip shot to to the edge rusher or stay can stay in and block yeah. and let Cam Brake go and do his thing. If it's between Graham and Cook, I would go with Cook. I just think Graham is I know they're both up there in age, but yeah. it seems like Cook still has a little more tread on the tires. I like the Certainly target as a that receiver. He has. Yeah. yeah. And I think with Graham. It would telegraph it a lot more. I'm not saying Cook's a good blocker either. Yeah. I just think when Graham's in the game, you automatically know, all right, he's not blocking. He's going out for a pass. And I think right. that could help defenses game planning, especially, you know, if it's not a third down and you think, uh, you know, the Bucks might not have them in a situation where they want because they know, all right, Jimmy Graham's here, probably not right. running the ball or definitely not running to his side. So let's stack up. On the other side, Cook, I think he's got a, a good frame. And you talked about still having productive numbers in 2019. I know that's a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, but I think, again, playing with Tom Brady, Tom gets the best out of out of players. And he's worked with a lot of veteran guys and helped, for lack of a better term, rejuvenate their career, uh, yeah. career a little bit. And I think Cook could really be that type of guy that would benefit from playing with Tom Brady. He's already played with a lot of yeah. – great quarterbacks in this league. So why not add another to the list? Yeah. Uh, Eric Ebron's another player, age 29. Yeah. Um, drafted by the, the Lions in the first round in 2014, really never lived up to that first round billing. Spent four years in Detroit yeah. before moving on to the Colts in 2018. After two seasons in Indy, he spent the last two years in Pittsburgh, 6'4", 253. He, he's talented enough to stay in the league, but he he's really a journeyman at this point. And he signed a two-year, $12 million deal with the Steelers. After catching 56 passes for 558 yards, which is you know, it's an average 10 yards you know, yeah. per catch, and five touchdowns, last year really fell off. 12 uh, receptions, 84 yards, only a seven-yard average, and one touchdown. So uh, at some point in time, you, you fall off the cliff as, as a veteran in this league. It happens to different players at different ages. And it might have happened last year to Eric Ebron. So he's another guy that that I, I talked about in, in that article. Um, Kyle Rudolph, if you're looking for a guy that can block and get after it in the blocking game and do enough as a receiver, this might be the guy. He kind of reminds me, and I'm dating myself here, but kind of reminds me of, of Ken Dilger when he came from the Indianapolis Colts to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl season. Right, He was at the mm -hmm. end of his career. Didn't do much as a receiver, but 
did enough and then did enough as a blocker in, in the running game. They also had Ricky Dudley, who was more of a receiving tight end. But both of those were aging veterans at the tight end spot. Uh, Dilger obviously had a great downfield block on Joe Jurevicius's, uh go, Joe, go, Joe, you know, that big 73-yard catch uh, and run uh, in Philadelphia in that NFC Championship game that helped give the Buccaneers their first touchdown in Philly and in the playoffs. That was a Mike Allstott uh, touchdown run. Um, so if you look at, at, at Kyle Rudolph, still has something in the tank. I, I think he's 32, spent the first 10 years in Minnesota, then was with the Giants last year, signed a one-year deal for just over $4.5 million. A bigger guy, Matt, two, six foot six, 265 pounds, uh, caught 26 passes for 257 yards. It's a 9.9-yard average and one touchdown. Again, Rudolph is not going to wow you as a receiver anymore. He hasn't had a season with, with 400 yards or more receiving since 2018. He's been a two-time Pro Bowler, but that's in the rearview mirror, 2012 and 2017. But, Matt, your thoughts on Kyle Rudolph? It's so funny, Scott, because I remember doing a podcast with uh, Peter Report alumni John Ledyard when we were at Indy for the Combine, and there was yeah. a recent story there was a report about Gronk potentially having interest in going to the Bills. So the conversation naturally tra uh, transitioned to, okay, well, does this mean the Bucs would bring in a guy? And one of the players that we really talked about <clears throat> was Kyle Rudolph. Mm -hmm. And we were in agreement. You're clearly not getting the Kyle Rudolph that he was in the beginning of his career with Minnesota. It's funny because towards the end of his time with Minnesota and with the Giants, uh, more with towards the end of Minnesota. I just, he always seemed like he was good for like one or two red zone touchdowns where it'd be like the defense does an all out blitz play action, Kyle Rudolph wide open in the corner of the end zone. And you just mentioned his stats a moment ago with the giants. Again, he was a second string guy there. The giants right. already had their, their top tight end um, with Evan Ingram. And I think we have to remember that any of these veterans that the Bucs are signing, they're not coming in to be tight end one. So we don't, right. the Bucs don't need to have a guy <laughs> that's going to produce a thousand yards and that's score right. double digit touchdowns. Yeah. I think Kyle Rudolph as the second or third string depends on what happens with Kate Otten. I like him in that role because of the players that we talked about, yeah. he is the most suitable for, doing a little bit of everything. Um, do I think he's going to have a 100-yard receiving game with the Bucs if he were to sign in Tampa Bay? No, I don't. But I think he could make a crucial third-down catch when you need it. I think he yeah. could be a nice little security blanket to Tom mm -hmm. Brady on, on a play where everyone else is covered and you know he's going to catch the ball and move it up the field and try not to do anything stupid with it. So yeah. I do like Kyle uh, – I was about to say Kyle Trask. I do like Kyle Rudolph. Right. in a role of second or third string tight end, yeah. be a veteran presence for Kate Otten. You know, Cam right. Rate will, but bring in another veteran presence when you have two tight ends. I mm -hmm. think that would be such a huge help to the other guys in the room. Yeah. Common Sensei says, I think the Giants made him look worse than he is. That That's certainly a possibility. Daniel Jones will, <laughs> will do that. He's no Tom Brady by any means. Um, you know, Jacko Bluntly says, let's roll with the young guys, go Bucks. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, the problem with that is if something happens to Cambrate, right, uh, you are completely without a veteran presence in that tight end room. And I think that's what the Bucks yes. would like to safeguard against, because with what the veterans do in the room is that they act like like another coach, especially on the field when the coach is doing a one on one talking to them with one tight end 
a guy like Cam Braid is going to be huddled up with the other ones, right? And and just in the locker room, in the weight room, in, in the training room when they're getting, you know, their their ankles taped up before practice, things like that. That's where you get those little words of wisdom and and the confidence building, uh, you know, words from from veterans. And so I think I think this team is going to sign another veteran tight end. I, I think they like the young guys, but Tom Brady, man, like this is the yeah, year, right? And and if Camp Brady goes down as he said what does that make cody mcelroy the 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 veteran in the <laughs> right. uh you know in the room and yeah no he, he might be in the practice squad again you know yeah and he's only played a couple of regular season games in the nfl so Literally while I, yeah so there's there's things that cody mcelroy could tell kate otten and co-keep just about being an nfl player and yeah the day in and day out grind that it is but as far as like in-game experience i don't necessarily think Cody McElroy can help a ton in, in that matter. So that's where, um, yeah, guys like Kyle Rudolph or Jared Cook or yeah. Ebron, too, is such an interesting case because mm-hmm. he showed some flashes of like, oh, he might still have it that first year with Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then, because I remember like for fantasy football, a couple of times mm-hmm. I'd have to spot start him at tight end if, uh, yeah. you know, if uh, another tight end was injured. And he had a couple of okay games, but then. Last year with the Steelers, they drafted Pat Fryermuth, and he yep. essentially became the number one guy. Yep. And then, yeah, it was just nothing for Ebron. So right. I, I wouldn't necessarily take a flyer on him. I yeah. think, um, I, as I said, I Rudolph, Rudolph or, Cook. or Cook, one of those yeah. two guys. You know, and and Rudolph's that kind of Ken Dilger all around guy, and and it, it can really help you in the blocking game. Jared Cook, if you want another wide receiver, essentially uh, for Tom Brady. I mean, that guy catches a ton of passes. Um, the last guy I mentioned in the article was Blake Jarwin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not terribly impressed with Blake Jarwin. Spent uh, five seasons, technically. One of those seasons, uh, he was not on the roster. But four years, essentially, in Dallas was not re-signed. Uh, Jarwin's got the least amount of, of playing experience and production. He's 27 years old. He's got just 70 catches for 780 yards and two touchdowns. Now, both of those touchdowns came last year. He played in eight games, caught 11 passes for 96 yards and two touchdowns, but uh, just really kind of like an outlier. I think, I think there was better players that we mentioned that could come in and help the Buccaneers. And, uh, and, and again, I think they're looking for a veteran on a one-year deal to come in during this Tom Brady Super Bowl still open, or Super Bowl window still open season and, and help. And I think it might be Rudolph or – it might be Cook. Those are those would be my two guesses right now. Or this team could could make a trade. We haven't had time in preparing for this podcast and, and you know getting the news up on pewterreport.com to really kind of delve into some legitimate trade possibilities. We might do that tomorrow. Yeah. But um, but you know, so far th- those are the probably the best options that are left in free agency. Agreed. And you had a great article put it in the chat earlier about possible uh, veteran options for the Bucks in free agency at tight end. It seems like the Bucks will be looking for a veteran tight end via free agency or through the trade. And something you should be looking for to do is uh, go to pin chasers. Guys, today's the first day of summer. You know how hot it can get here in Tampa, Florida. Or if you're watching from somewhere else, you know how hot it can be um, just anytime in the summer. And the beauty of pin chasers is they got the AC blasting all the time. So when it gets really hot to the point where you can't be outside for too long, 
Pin Chasers is the perfect place to go because it's more than just a bowling alley. It's a great night or day out with friends uh, and family. You could book a birthday party there. Uh, if you have a kid, they got the bowling lanes, obviously, and they got a, a arcade area, too. So kids can uh, bowl and play video games at the same time. Multiple different locations, as you see, East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans. The food is underrated. You got great pizza, nachos, chicken tendies. There's one that's not far away from the Bucks uh, facility, the Advent Health Training Center. And they got deals all the time. All you could eat pizza, all you can bowl, Dollar Miller Lights. They got brunch on the weekend. So, like I said, a great day and or night out with friends and family. Make sure you go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book a party and see all the great deals that they have because there's literally every single one, every one for every single night. And uh, you won't be disappointed by going to pinchasers. Again, that's pinchasers.net. Yeah, um, real quick, just just a, took a, a glance at, at two teams' rosters. When you think about tight ends in the NFL these days, the Baltimore Ravens, like that's that, that's the team that has the greatest collection of tight ends. Um, they love the position more than than any other team, and they drafted two of them this year. Didn't even draft a wide receiver after losing Hollywood Brown, but damn it, they drafted two tight ends. Oh, and by the way, they already have a Pro Bowl tight end in Mark Andrews. So aside from Mark Andrews, who's still young and in his prime, 26 years old, uh, five years into the league out of Oklahoma, they've got two rookies that they drafted. They're not going to part ways with them. Charlie Kolar from Iowa State and Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. So when you look at that Ravens depth chart, maybe they keep five because they don't have any receivers outside of Rashad Bateman. Um, but um, one of these guys you know, could, could be – uh, acquired via trade or, or um, you know, whatever. Nick Boyle is a veteran who's been in this league out of Delaware, eight years, six foot four, 270 pounds. He might be a player that uh, the Bucks might have some interest in. Uh, uh, Tony Pullian uh, from Virginia. Uh, I liked him coming out of college, 6'7, 251. Doesn't have a lot of experience, not really going to help out too much in that regards. The other team, though, uh, Matt, is the Cardinals, right? They just drafted a player the Buccaneers were very high on in Trey McBride. Why is that significant? Well, because they they re-signed Max Williams, who was you know one of their starters. And remember, they traded for Zach Ertz last year, right? Yeah. So they've got Zach Ertz, they've got Max Williams, they've got Trey McBride, a couple of other tight ends that I really don't know too much about on there, except for this guy that was in Tampa for a while, Dion Yelder. Right. He was a practice squad player. I think he was up for a game or two last year. Formerly played with the Kansas City Chiefs, fourth year player, 27 years of age, 6'4, 255. Did they like him enough to bring him back? Maybe. Is he a player that you could slip a seventh round pick to Arizona? Remember, Jason Light is very good friends with Steve Kime. Mm-hmm. They worked together out there with the Cardinals for years. So uh, the Cardinals with McBride, Ertz, and Williams already on that depth chart. Deion Yelder might be a player because he was in Tampa to keep an eye on. So those are a couple of names. Wanted to throw those out to you here before we wrap up today's podcast. Yelder is part of the 3-6 Mafia of March 6th birthdays. That include him, Kyle Trask, myself, and Bucks uh, team writer Scott Smith. He'd be... Coming back to the 36 Mafia in Tampa. Uh, another guy I see a couple people in the chat mentioning 
uh, would be another return of Tanner Hudson. I don't think that would be uh, the best case scenario for the Bucks because yeah. he's a receiving tight end. Obviously had a lot of issues uh, with blocking. I know Bruce Arians is pretty vocal about that. Todd Bowles, the head coach now, but I think the uh, sentiment remains the same. I wouldn't necessarily look into a reunion um, with Tanner Hudson, but you know, there are going to be options out there. And I think uh, yeah. Yelder really could be one and, you know, has familiarity with the offense. I think that's important moving forward yeah. because it's not always the easiest offense to, you know, to, to, to pick up and get going. So to get a head start with Yelder back on the team, I think uh, would be a good idea. Yeah, long last leisure thinking outside the box. I love it. <laughs> Ali Marpet is small enough now to play tight end. Only a blocking tight end. You know, you won't have to bang around with defensive tackles. He can find light work on the edges. Love that. Love your contributions. Long lost leisure. And everybody who's a regular here in the Pewter Report chat. We also love new visitors too. And we ask those new visitors, if you haven't done so yet, holy smokes, man. We got this awesome YouTube channel called Pewter Report TV. That might be where you're watching today's show. Or if you aren't watching it live, if you're listening to the podcast version or watching it, I should say, it might be on, on Peter Report TV. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the like button on all of our videos. That helps us out tremendously, helps us get in front of other awesome Pewter people like you. And, um, and, and so hit the like button on today's video, on any video that you watch on PeterReport.com. The more likes we get, that helps our algorithm on, on YouTube and helps uh, increase our popularity. And we're approaching, what, 8,600 now on yeah. uh, on our subscriber account. So our goal is Getting to get to, to 9,000 by the start of Bucks season and then 10,000 by the end of the year. So that's that's the goal. We've appreciated everybody who's contributed to that so far. If you're a newbie or if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. That helps us out a lot. Yeah, and one of our most recent videos that we have outside of the Peter Report podcast that uploaded Earlier today, um, it's a brief clip from yesterday's episode where we talked about how and why Jalen Darden is the most exciting wide receiver on the Bucks outside of the big three of Mike yeah. Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. So make sure you check out that video and check out uh, a lot of the other things we have there. Just had a video reach 10,000 views. Um, that was uh, our discussion about Warren Sapp coaching up Logan Hall and yeah. what uh, what he loved about Logan Hall. So. Keep on hitting the like button. Keep on um, subscribing. Tell your friends about it and help us push all of our content at PeterReport.com and PeterReportTV uh, to other Bucks fans and NFL fans that want to just get more info about this team here in Tampa Bay. Scott, we got another big show tomorrow. Yes. I think it could be the best show yet. I think you're right. I, I'm going to say today's show was was pretty epic. It was It was probably the best Peter Report podcast we've done yet. And the great thing is I think we have one on tap tomorrow that's actually going to top this one. So uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds. We'll see you tomorrow another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. <laughs>